Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Thanks so much for joining us on the program today. Denny Long returns for the fair next week. You were gone a week ago. Welcome back. Thanks, Steve. It's good to be back. I'm, uh, I think I've recovered from my week away. I can tell people <laughs> I... Uh, uh, three buddies of mine uh, from I've known for years, and I went out to hear the Rolling Stones in Denver. Very nice. It was at Mile High Stadium, which is a, it was a beautiful stadium on the inside. It doesn't compare to our stadium here in town from the outside, you know. But you know, but it was a it's a beautiful stadium, and it was a great concert. And the old guys still can rock. Yeah, weather was good. I'm oh, it was perfect. Yeah, it was great. just gorgeous. And Denny, I know is enjo- is uh, out for another week. I you mentioned um, State Fair next week, Steve, and I want to make sure everybody knows we do, we're gonna be, next week is already the State Fair, which is always bittersweet because it means the end of summer, but it does mean we get to do live shows at the State Fair. But here's the rub, everybody: we're changing our time. We are starting at seven a.m. seven oh seven hundred hours. <laughs> we will be at the State Fair and. Forever, well, and into the future. We are moving our Healthy Matters show up to 7 a.m. It'll still be from 7 to 8 a.m. I'm hopeful that those of you who are up will still tune in. I'm hopeful that you'll get up earlier if you uh, if you uh, um, uh, if you can. It's going to be the same um, good material. I get the same great guests, and we are going to kick that off next week at the Minnesota uh, Minnesota State Fair. You know, we're right next to Sweet Martha's Cookies and the Ye Old Mill. And if you have lived in Minnesota for any length of time like I have, you know all about the Ye Old Mill ride at the fair, the little boat ride. It's kind of a, under the shadow of the giant slide across from French Meadow, and that's where you can get a coffee and you can stand or sit. We have benches you can sit and check us out. I'd love to shake your hand and meet you at the Minnesota State Fair in the next two Sundays at 7 a.m. And Denny will be back. What a spot, though. French Meadow, right across the street. Sweet Martha's next door. We got it all. Hard to beat. It is hard to beat. Mancini's over there. Yeah, the whole thing. That's... We got everything. They have scones and everything, so you can grab a coffee. Um, people people wonder about coming to the fair on a Sunday morning at, at 7 in the morning. And I was one of those guys who wondered. I'm not exactly a morning person. <laughs> <laughs> and so I thought, oh, over my dead body, am I getting up at the state fair to go do the radio show? That was in the early years. Well, it's my, got, come to be my favorite time. The fairgrounds are clean. They're not quite so crowded yet. The heat and humidity hasn't quite kicked in. You get to watch some of the farm animals being taken out for their morning walk, I guess, because they're they're out exercising and you have much of the fairgrounds to yourself, but by about 7.30, it already starts to fill. I mean, you start to see more people. So you will not be alone um, if you come out at 7. There will be others, but it's not not quite so chaotic yet. Yeah, it is a great time to be at the fair for great sure. Great towns, great time to be out there. So we're going to do stroke today. 
We're going to talk about strokes today. Oh, oh, one more thing about you know my being gone last week. I do want to thank my colleague, Dr. Renji Varghese. He is our sleep expert. He was with you, Steve, talking to all of you about sleep disorders. He has a wealth of knowledge about that. I want to thank him for filling in in my absence. Today, it's all about stroke, and I have two guests in the studio with me today, and I'm going to introduce them now. Dr. Tappan Thacker is um, a neurologist, and Dr. Ivan Matos is also a neurologist. They both have specialty in stroke care. So I'm going to talk to each one of them individually. Dr. Thacker, why don't you start us off? Um, you are, how did you get into neurology, and, and what was your path to bringing you to Hennepin Healthcare? So stroke has been my uh, path to neurology. After completing med school, I I trained with people who were specializing in stroke, and that led me into neurology and eventually stroke. Heard great things about Hennepin Healthcare. Because you didn't grow up here, like going to the Minnesota State Fair like I did. No, no, I haven't grown up here. Have you been to the fair? Yes. Okay. Two years in a row now. Yeah, you got to go. Yeah, no, it's great. (laughs) It's just wonderful. Um, so you um, you were trained, you told me you started in, in Mumbai, in India, right. where you're from, and then you've been all over this country training. Yes, 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 David. I did my residency back in New Mexico, did my fellowship at Cleveland, and now I'm here working at in Minnesota, which I love. Now you finally landed here where you belong. Well, thank you for being on the show today. Dr. Ivan Matos, he's also a stroke-trained neurologist. Welcome to the show, Ivan. Uh, thank you, Great to have you here. Now, you told me um, beforehand that you're from the Dominican Republic originally. Indeed, I am. Okay, I want to go there. I've always wanted to go to the Dominican Republic. So um, welcome to the show today. How did you land in Minnesota? Where did you do your training? So I went to med school in the Dominican Republic. Then I landed to New York City for training. I trained in Beth Israel and Mount Sinai for a stroke. Um, when I finished, I uh, was scouting for jobs. I really liked Minnesota. I like Minneapolis, a great city. Hennepin is a great system. So that brought me here. Well, I'm so glad you are both here. Both of them have been on our faculty at Hennepin a couple of years now. And and they they are part of the Hennepin Stroke Center. And I want to tell people just a little bit about that. It's a national leader in the treatment of stroke, both ischemic and hemorrhagic stroke. And those are two big words that I'm going to ask these guys to explain ischemic and hemorrhagic stroke. Um, they know all about those um, clot-busting drugs. Um, where they, know all, they know all about the team-based care and that it involves rehabilitation after a stroke. And so the Hennepin Stroke Center is actually one of the, pre, the premier examples of a program at Hennepin, or for those of you who have been here a while, HCMC, um, that is absolutely outstanding. And these two guys are a little bit a part of that. Could one of you tell me, either one of you, the the kind of the basics about stroke what first of all how common are they, how common is it and then the types of stroke i use the terms ischemic and hemorrhagic could you kind of tell us tell us about those so according to the latest cdc data uh, every 4 seconds somebody in america is having a stroke oh, good grief and every 4 minutes somebody is dying from stroke in the united states so that tells us how common is it Every four seconds, someone's having a stroke. Yes, sir. So yeah. it's quite common. Now, what is it? It is the death of the brain cells, which can happen due to sudden interruption of blood flow to the brain or due to bursting of the blood vessels leading to spilling of blood in the brain. That's the hemorrhagic That's kind. the hemorrhagic. And when there is interruption of the blood flow to the brain causing cell death, that is ischemic. Ischemic. 
So ischemic simply means you're not getting enough oxygen. That's from a blocked artery of some kind. Yes, David. Exactly. Is that is that like a heart attack of the brain? It's it's heart attack of the brain. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so I have on this show, and I'm not a stroke expert, and I have not yet had a stroke expert like you two on the show for some time. But I often tell people how how important it is to get in quickly um, because of that. I've often said it's sort of like you're having a heart attack, except it's of your brain and needing to get in there quickly. Why is that so important to get in quickly if you are having a stroke? And and listeners, we are going to talk about what some of the symptoms of a stroke are. But why is it so? Why is time so important? So the common quote that we hear in stroke world is time is brain. Every second you are losing cells. So longer you wait, more the number of cells have died leading to uh, bigger the stroke burden, which impairs, which, which interferes with your ability to rehabilitate. That's why it's real important if you recognize any symptom of stroke to get to the nearest uh, hospital as soon as possible. As soon as you possibly can. Don't be waiting around. So let's talk about that, Ivan. Maybe you can tell us what are the symptoms people should be looking for for stroke. So sudden onset of some deficit like uh, weakness on just one side of the body, sudden onset of numbness on just one side of the body, uh, trouble speaking, like slurring your words, or that you the words won't, won't come out the way you want it to, uh, sudden loss of vision. Um, Is it always sudden? It is sudden, isn't it? It is sudden. Because you said that for all of those. You said sudden onset. That's because it's happening right there that very moment, right? Exactly. Yeah, so sudden onset of weakness. I'm going to say them again, and I hope we'll say them a few more times um, during the show because I think if you take nothing home from this show today, listeners, if you take nothing home other than this, that would be okay because that's so important. Sudden onset as Dr. Matto said, of weakness in one side of your body, sudden onset of numbness in one side of your body, sudden onset of speech problems, you can't get the words out, or sudden loss of vision. There, you know, there's, there's a lot of ways a stroke can present, but those are kind of common things, aren't they? It is your, 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 the, the part of your brain that is serving half of your body doesn't have any oxygen, you'll suddenly get weak or numb in that half of the body. Or your speech or your vision. So if you remember nothing else, I like to tell people that you need to call 911. Um, what, should people do anything at that moment if they have those symptoms? Yes. So the best thing we can do is just call 911, go to the nearest hospital. Because the treatment we have available for acute strokes are very time sensitive. So as you were mentioning, lytics. So this is like a, an IV drug that we can give that helps dissolve the blood clot. And we have a very short window of time when we can give this medicine. The longer you wait, the higher the chances of side effects from this medication and also the less chance from recovery. There's another kind of treatment that is called thrombectomy where the interventional doctor can put a catheter in and pull the clot out. That also is very time sensitive. And as Dr. Thacker was mentioning, the longer we wait, the, high, the higher the damage to the brain and when we have a significant stroke burden, a significant amount of tissue that is already damaged, then we cannot give the treatment anymore. So, so the, the time that the treatments are effective and to minimize side effects is right away. Is it a matter of hours or how long do you have? For the lytics, uh, we have up to four and a half hours. So four and a half hours to give the clot-busting drugs that, that, you, that are called lytics. Lytics um, means... Um, 
clot busting. Uh, you know, we always use the term thrombolytic, which is a great word for busts up the clot. So you have four and a half hours to give that. And what about the thrombectomy? Some, and that's interesting. That is a specialist who does that, right? That's an interventional neurologist. Yes. They so, literally go in there and they pull out the clot, the thrombectomy. Yeah. So they put a catheter into the groin, yeah. and they, they they can reach the catheter all the way up to the brain, and from there they will deploy a specialized device that will engulf the blood clot, and then they, they will take it out. Yeah. So those are things that have to happen within hours of your symptoms. So that's why everybody. It's so important that you call 911. You don't think about it for a while and see if it's going to get better. You don't drive yourself in there, walk down there. You call 911. That's what they're there for. So that's the acute stroke. Um, if you want to join this conversation, you certainly can do that. Um, uh, we'll, uh, we'll take your calls and texts. I have a lot more to talk about with uh, Drs. Matos and Thacker about stroke. But should we give the phone line, Steve? Sure. Yeah, Here is the number, phone or text, 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226. We're talking about stroke today on the program, and it is Healthy Matters, presented by Hennepin Healthcare here on CCO. Good morning and welcome to Healthy Matters, presented by Hennepin Healthcare, Dr. David Hilden in studio. We should remind you the topic today is stroke, and our phone number and text number is the same. It's as easy as can be, 651-989-9226. Call or text 651-989-9226. Thanks, Steve. We are indeed talking about stroke with my guests from the Department of Neurology at Hennepin, Dr. Tappan Thacker and Dr. Ivan Matos, who are specialists in stroke care. We've talked a little bit about um, what the two kinds of stroke are. One of them is the blockage kind and the other is the bleeding kind. Um, which is more common and what are the risk factors for these types of strokes. Could you answer that one of so you? So blockage kind of stroke, the ischemic stroke is more common. Last estimates I was reading, it was like 85% of strokes are ischemic. Yeah, the, the blocked Blockage. Kind, yeah. Now the risk factors, are, they are similar to heart disease risk factors. Smoking is a big risk factor, which is modifiable. Other than that, diabetes, hypertension, high cholesterol, obesity, Physical inactivity, those are some of the common risk factors. So the kind of the typical healthy living stuff, like I'm, I'm yes. harping on people all the time, you know, get your cholesterol down, get your blood pressure down. That's a big one, isn't That's it? That's the biggest risk factor. Is it the biggest one? It is the biggest one. So high blood pressure does lead to all kinds of problems in your body, including heart disease and including kidney disease. But it's the biggest risk factor for stroke, stroke. of all, isn't Both it? Both hemorrhagic and ischemic. It leads to narrow blood vessel abnormality, which puts you at risk for strokes. So before we move on about the ischemic versus hemorrhagic kind, you said 15, 1-5% are the bleeding kind or the hemorrhagic. Are those treated differently or do they are the symptoms different? Or how would one know what one has? So symptoms are the same for both blockage and bleeding kind of strokes. But the treatment or management is different. Unlike ischemic or blockage kind of strokes where we give clot-busting medication to thin the blood, in hemorrhagic, we want to avoid anything that can thin the blood. It sounds kind of dangerous to give blood thinners to someone who's bleeding. Absolutely. Increases their 
complete size, more more injury can happen. So, so when they show up to the emergency department, how do you know which one they have so you don't do the wrong thing? So the first test they are going to get is the CT scan of the head. It helps us see the blood if there is. If it's not, then it's the blockage kind of stroke most likely. So we have several phone calls and texts. I have a lot more to talk to both of you about, but I think it might be nice to go to the phone lines. Uh, do you think that's okay, Steve? Sure. And our number again, 651-989-9226. Call or text 651-989-9226. Let's start with Ken and Blaine. Ken, good morning. Good morning. Um, I had a mild stroke about a month ago and uh, went to the hospital and uh, the initial MRI analysis was cerebral amyloid uh, angiopathy. And I was wondering if you could tell me something about that or what causes that, um, what the treatment is for that, and uh, what the cure might be. Uh, I would appreciate that. Thank you. Hi, thank you for calling in. So MRI might be suggestive for amyloid angiopathy, but it doesn't diagnose it completely. So the images might be suggestive for that. What is it? So wait, he said cerebral amyloid angiopathy. So is we have some a normal protein in the body called amyloids, and sometimes it happens that it, uh, we get abnormal amyloid deposits throughout the brain. It's the same amyloid protein that deposits in Alzheimer's patients. In Alzheimer's, yeah. But if for whatever reason. In this condition, the amyloid deposits in the blood vessels of the brain, and it can cause both type of a stroke, both the ischemic and the hemorrhagic type. Um, also, although there's a little more chance to produce hemorrhages than ischemic type. And so Ken had an MRI about a month ago, showed some amyloid in the blood vessels then. It's actually, actually what we see on the MRI is the tiny blood deposit on the brain tissue. Oh. Okay, so what are the next steps for him? So, sadly, we don't have a cure for this condition, but the best we can do is just uh, aggressively treat the risk factor for cardiovascular disease, aggressively treat the blood pressure. High blood pressure with amyloid angiopathy significantly increases the chances for the bleeding type of strokes. So that's the first order of business is get your blood pressure under control if you can. Correct. And the other risk factors as well. If you're smoking, you should stop smoking. If you have high blood sugars, diabetes, get that under control. High blood cholesterol, get that under control. And physical activity also helps decrease the chances for a second stroke. Now, Ken talked about a small stroke, um, Ken, the caller, um, with the cerebral amyloid angiopathy. Um, is that that little bleeding what would be causing his, his small stroke usually? Yeah, most likely. Yeah, so it's not a big, massive thing he had, but some smaller type. Ken, thank you for your for your call. Do we have a... Um, let's see, we, why don't we go to... Yeah, well, we have another call here, Marguerite St. Paul. Let's go, go to the phone lines. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Uh, please explain a left pons small artery stroke. So, thank you for your call. Now, pons is a part of brain stem that connects the brain above and the spinal cord below. So it's it's a small structure in the brain through which all the signals are passing through from the brain to your extremities and everything. Now, so it's pon- part of the brain stem? It's part of the brain stem, yes. Now, since there is a lot of information going through, injury there can lead to symptoms. The 
bones is supplied by very small blood vessels. Uh, it's not. It's it's a collection of small blood vessels as opposed to one big blood vessel. So when there is small vessel disease, as you said, it can happen from cholesterol, diabetes, blood pressure, and these small blood vessels can get blocked, causing injury in the pons. So that's what we say when pons. And small blood vessel, small vessel disease, they go hand in hand. As opposed to one of the larger arteries that's going to the cortex or the big, big part of your brain that Absolutely. everybody thinks of. Absolutely. So, so we talked earlier about cortical um, strokes. It's when you have neurologic symptoms. What kind of symptoms might you have with a pons stroke? So, since the information for moving the arms and legs is going through the pons, so one-sided pons stroke can cause weakness, tingling, numbness on the other side of the body. It can cause balance difficulty. It can cause vision abnormality. So on the other side of the body. Other side of the body. So that's a brain stem stroke. We have a lot more texts. We have callers. We also don't have any more time in this half of the uh, program. We're going to take our, our top of the hour break and do a, another half of the show after the break. Yeah, we have much more coming up. Stroke once again, the topic today here on Healthy Matters presented by Hennepin Healthcare. And we invite your calls and texts. Here's the number, 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226. Dr. David Hilden in studio with Dr. Tappendacker and Dr. Ivan Matos joining us in studio once again. Healthy Matters presented by Hennepin Healthcare here on News Talk 830 WCCO once again, the news and weather at 8, and then more Healthy Matters on this Sunday morning. Thanks so much for joining us. Denny Long is away. He returns in time for the fair next Sunday morning. And a friendly reminder, Healthy Matters moves to a brand new time starting next week at the fair 7 to 8 a.m. It's still an hour long but it'll be from 7 to 8 a.m., a little bit earlier. A little bit earlier, but I know a lot of our listeners, we have loyal listeners who are up anyway. A lot of people have told me that. And so we're moving to 7 a.m. I hope to see you at the fair. Rain or shine, if it's raining, you know what you do? You bring an umbrella. Um, uh, oh, the, the weather uh, is going to be lovely. I it's have it be right perfect. here. I'm yeah, going to hold you to that, Steve. You know, the, we, now this, have, <laughs> we have ponchos now that, that you can pick Do you up. have ponchos, Devin? Do. The, the, the station is? We're going to, you know? Oh, yeah. Say WCCO printed in color. Oh, we're, we're good to go. The, uh, so come on out, rain or shine. But it's a week away. It's going to be beautiful. Yeah, should it's gonna be, be a be great beautiful. day. And uh, 7 a.m. at the usual location, which is the WCCO booth. I'll be out on the porch there. Uh, Denny Long will be back. We're in between Sweet Martha's Cookies and Ye Old Mill across from French Meadow. I can see the giant slide from the front porch. Pull up a bench, grab a coffee, 7 a.m. It's the best time to be at the fair. And the show will continue at 7 a.m. from there on after. We're moving to our new time. We just happen to be launching it at the fair. So we're talking about stroke today. Stroke is one of the most common conditions it's in the top five causes of death in in this country and around the world. And um, uh, we're talking to two neurologists who are specialists in stroke today. In our first half of the show, we got the conversation going with Dr. Tappan Thacker and Dr. Ivan Matos, who are both in the Department of Neurology, uh, neuro with an N, at Hennepin Healthcare. Welcome back to the show, Tappan. You, David. Welcome back to the show, Ivan. Thank you. Good to have you here. Um, everybody, you might not be aware, but HCMC, otherwise known as Hennepin Healthcare, has a comprehensive stroke center, and it's a national leader in this area. Um, 
I, these guys won't say it, but I certainly will. The stroke program literally is a national leader in the treatment of ischemic and hemorrhagic stroke. That means the blockage kind and the bleeding kind with some of the fastest clot-busting drug times in the whole country. And so our Hennepin Stroke Center is a comprehensive stroke center. It's also nationally recognized for its rehabilitative care after a stroke occurs. If you want more information about the stroke program, it's easy. You simply go to hennepinhealthcare.org slash stroke, hennepinhealthcare.org slash stroke. And, of course, everybody, we're going to see you at the fair. Come shake my hand. Come give me a hard time. Ask me a question. Um, uh, that's next Sunday and the Sunday following, the two Sundays of the fair at 7 a.m. The booth is, of course, on Carnes Avenue between Nelson and Underwood. Okay, back to the strokes um, conversation. Before we go to the phone lines, and Doug, we haven't forgotten you. He's been on hold for an eternity, but we're going to get to Doug on the phone lines. I just want to kind of um, reiterate, if you would, what we did at the beginning of the last um, half hour and talk about the signs and symptoms that people should be on the lookout for and what they should do because um, time is of the essence. Who wants to tackle that? Um, so the good mnemonic to remember is be fast. Be fast? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? So B stands for balance difficulty. Suddenly you have balance difficulty. That's a sign of a stroke. Balance. E, e stands for eye abnormality. Trouble with vision, blurry vision, loss of vision. F is for face. If the face is droopy on one side, that could be a sign of a stroke happening. A is for arm weakness. S is for speech changes. It could be slurring of speech, trouble talking, trouble understanding. And T is time to act. Time time to to call 911. So be fast. I really like that. Um, so don't mess around. You call 911. B, balance. E, eye problems. F, facial drooping. A, arm weakness. S, speech problems. That means it's time to call 911. Everybody, remember that. And if it's you or a loved one who has any of those things, that's what you need to do. You need to call 911. Before we go to the phone lines, I do want to answer this question from the text line. What does taking a baby aspirin every day have on a possible stroke? Over the break, we were getting our coffee, and we were, I was saying, can you guys address the aspirin issue? And then we got to the text lines here, and I'm reading it. Somebody has already asked that very question. What's the role of aspirin in stroke prevention? So people that have already had a stroke or a heart attack, Taking a baby aspirin decreases the chances of a second stroke. So if you already had one. If you already have one. So it decreases the second stroke, the chances of it. Correct. What about the first stroke? What if you've never had one? So the evidence is not there. So uh, back in the days, it was very common to recommend a baby aspirin for a stroke and heart disease prevention. Nowadays, some we have evidence uh, on the opposite. Maybe if you don't have any medical problem, if you don't have any heart condition or any strokes in the past, taking a baby aspirin might not be helpful for you. Might not be. Isn't that funny how people often say, can't you guys get your act together and know what do you recommend? But the point is, is that medical science changes. We learn new information, and we've known that that it does help reduce the risk of a second ischemic stroke if you've had a first one, but there's just not a lot of evidence that it helps the first one. So talk to your doctor about that one. To the phone lines we go here on Healthy Matters. Let's bring in Doug. Doug in Coon Rapids. Good morning. Greeting, everyone. Um, I had a brainstem stroke six years ago, and when I went in, the only 
uh, symptom I had was inability to swallow without choking. It took three days to diagnose me. So, Doug, how did you finally get diagnosed? A uh, neurologist finally, they took an MRI after um, every every test imaginable. Yeah, um, thank you for your call, Doug. Um, uh, What's interesting about that is that what we had talked about earlier in the bee fasting, you mentioned speech. Can swallowing be part of that as well? Especially for the brainstem strokes, because swallowing centers are there in the part of the brainstem called medulla. So strokes there can cause uh, swallowing difficulty. Would that also be diagnosed on an MRI? Or? Yes. MRI is the most sensitive way to uh, find these strokes, especially the smaller strokes, which can be missed on the CT scan. Okay. So, Doug, thank you for your call. It does bring up a good point that you know strokes can present, especially a brainstem stroke, um, uh, in a lot of different ways. But some new symptom for you ought to prompt a pretty prompt uh, evaluation. Um, uh, that that kind of brings up a question not from the phone lines but from me. What what should people do who live in greater Minnesota or who don't live so close to a, to a stroke center? Um, you know, there's 911 everywhere, but I know there's a lot of listeners right now out in – in our great state and around the upper Midwest who aren't exactly 20 minutes away from a hospital. They still should call 911 and that's and, and get flown in? Is that what usually gets done? Or? Uh, correct. Even if you're outside of the Twin City areas, calling 911 is your best chance uh, if you're having a stroke. You will be taken to the nearest hospital, and if you need to be transferred to a higher level of care, if, uh, to a bigger hospital, they will arrange that. Yeah, but staying you, home is not the safest yeah, option. Yes, staying, staying home is not your option. Even if you're out in greater Minnesota, there are critical access hospitals throughout the state. Know what to do. They can manage you. And if you need to come to the Twin Cities or Duluth or Fargo or St. Cloud, they can do that. Um, but make sure you call 911. To the phone lines again, let's bring in Martha in Brooklyn Center. Good morning. You're on Healthy Matters. Yes, hello. Thank you. Um, is there a clear connection between calcium plus vitamin D supplements increasing the risk for stroke? And is calcium plus vitamin D a necessary supplement if you don't always eat a lot of dairy foods or leafy greens? I can answer the latter half of that, but I'm going to let our neurology colleagues um, talk about the connection if there is one with stroke. We do recommend calcium for certain people and vitamin D, generally um, older adults, both men and women. Um, uh, That's not a bad idea if you don't get it through your diet. I always recommend getting it through the diet. There is no longer an indication for even measuring vitamin D. We don't measure vitamin D anymore. But if you're at a certain age or if you've had an osteoporotic fracture, we do sometimes recommend that you take a calcium and vitamin D supplement. It's more common to be low than it is to be high. So it's reasonable to keep taking, especially if you're a postmenopausal woman. That's a reasonable thing to do. Now, is there any connection with neurologic problems with taking a calcium and vitamin D supplement? Um, Not for stroke. So they're okay? Yeah, they're okay. If If you need to take it for any other reason, that's totally fine. Um, but no, there's no rela- to our knowledge, there's no relation between vitamin D, calcium, and the stroke risks. Yeah, and it's also the same with heart disease. That isn't an, that isn't it's not elevating your risk by doing so. Just talk to your primary care doctor about whether or not you need to be on it. Out of the phone lines again, we go here on the Healthy Matters. Alfred, you're on the air. Good morning. Yes, I have a friend that had a stroke two years ago. 
and she can't swallow or uh, drink water or any food, so she's been on IV ever since. But they had a doctor on the show about a month ago that was specialist in swallowing and with brains and swallowing. Do you yeah. have her number? Yeah, we do. Um, we do have a rehabilitation program, and that's a nice segue for us to talk about. That is called a speech pathologist or speech language pathologist because they do language as well. What we're going to do, Alfred, is I'm going to um, uh, uh, get you that information. We're going to take a break, but we're going to talk about rehabilitation, including that very topic after this break. And a stroke in the spotlight today here on Healthy Matters, brought to you by Hennepin Healthcare here on the CCO. It is Healthy Matters each and every Sunday morning here on CCO. Don't forget a new time starting next Sunday at the fair between 7 and 8. And, of course, Healthy Matters presented by Hennepin Healthcare. Denny Long will return. Dr. David Hilden in studio. Stroke in the spotlight today. Thank you, Steve. Um, We're going to go to your call in just a second, Skip. But before we do that, I want to talk a little bit. We're going to finish up the call that Alfred had earlier. He talked about rehab. And so, Alfred, the first thing I would tell you to do is go to hennepinhealthcare.org and and look up rehabilitation. It's all over the website on there. The very front page of the website, unfortunately, you're going to see a picture of me. Um, uh, for some, the PR people put Denny Long. Oh, it is a great photo. Oh, it's a good picture. It's me. It's Denny and me actually doing our radio show. Uh, that's on the the front page. But if you just look up stroke or if you look up rehabilitation, just type it in the search term. It'll take you to that. Rehabilitation is what you want. We have an extraordinary rehabilitation program. Now you send most of your patients, doctors Thacker and Matos, to rehabilitation after stroke. Correct. Correct. What is the role of rehab? So, again, when we have a stroke, there's damaged tissue in the brain. So we, we have loss of function because those, those neurons are lost and they cannot function anymore. So the way we recover after a stroke is that the remaining portion of the brain starts picking up the function of the lost neurons. This is what we call neuroplasticity. And the way we, we have to stimulate that is the rehab stimulates making new brain connection, new connection, new synapses between the neurons. So that can happen? You you're can have regeneration of your nervous system? Instead of re- creating new neurons, we create new synapses, new, new brain connections yeah. between the neurons. And that helps pick up the, fu- the function lost by the lost neurons. And stimulating with rehab is the give you the best chance to recover. So uh, intense rehabilitation right after the stroke is very important in the recovery process. So I did talk about that on some previous shows. That our Hennepin Stroke Center, one of, the, one of the things they look for when the powers that be are looking at programs, they look to see, do you have everything? Or do you just have like one guy who knows something about stroke? Well, we have more than one guy who knows something about stroke. We have a lot of people who know a lot about stroke, including these two physicians in the studio with me today. But we also have rehabilitation specialists in every area, speech pathology, therapeutic um, re- um, uh, recreation, um, occupational therapists, physical therapists. We have it all in addition to the physicians and the nurses and the social workers and everybody. So that's what a comprehensive team-based stroke care is. So, Alfred, go to hennepinhealthcare.org. If you want a phone number, you can call the number that I give for everything at Hennepin. It's... it's um, uh, Eight six one two eight seven three my MD M Y 
MD or 612-873-6963, and you can ask for the same thing. Do we have time for another one of our phone calls? Sure. We have time. Let's go to Skip in Bloomington. Skip, you're on the air. Good morning, doctor. Doctor, uh, I had an ischemic uh, stroke on Monday in the ponds and the cerebellum. Um, I'm talking to you and the doctors at uh, North Hall, Man. I wanted to go to your place, but they took me to Abbott because they were full up at North. Uh, but they said I'm I'm a miracle that I'm talking and walking. And you sound great, Skip. Uh, it's amazing. So I I don't know what the odds are, but uh, they told me they showed it to me. They said the brain, and that's a very difficult spot. So how's your balance? Real good. I could stand on my foot, one foot, and I can stand on everything. All right. Are you doing rehab now, Skip? Well, I, they're going to have me start this this week just to double check, but. Uh, I'm doing extremely. I mean, I'm. I'm. What are the odds? I mean, I had a blood pressure of two thirty-eight over one thirty-one oh, when good, they called me in. Good grief! Let me tell, ask these doctors. Um, so this is evidence that you can a do well after stroke, but it's also a good thing to talk about blood pressure of two hundred and thirty. Correct. Some some people can recover very quickly and even without any deficits after the stroke. But, yeah, we definitely have to get those risk factors under control. That blood pressure, we need to get it under control because as long as it remains very high like that, you're at high risk for having another stroke. Yeah, we um, – so, you know, blood pressure, I often say on the show, is a long-term problem. If your blood pressure is a little elevated, for the most part, what we're worried about is the problem that's going to happen down the road. Well, that's what happened. The problem we're usually trying to avoid is a stroke, and that's exactly what happened to him. But if your blood, so in other words, the, we usually aren't, we don't jump up and down and get all panicky if your blood pressure is 150 or 160. We, you know, that's okay. But we do catch notice if somebody comes in with a blood pressure of 238. You're at risk for having a stroke right that moment. <laughs> yeah, and so um, I'm so glad you're doing well, Skip, and thank you for your call. Do we have a couple minutes to take some of these? Um, uh, let's see. Um, let's go to this one. Two years ago, I had a minor stroke. Now, occasionally my left leg goes numb in the thigh. It lasts for around 10 seconds and then goes away. I have well-controlled diabetes and my blood pressure is good. I'm also in the Rapatha study. What could this indicate? And is it something I should be concerned about? Can one of you, um, talk about that one? So even after recovery from a stroke, sometimes it's not uh, uncommon that people experience these uh, episodic symptoms. It's just newer connections which are acting up every now and then. So with time, they keep getting better and eventually go away. But it's just a sign that recovery has been going on. Thank you. How about this one? Um, Another text says, you just mentioned neuroplasticity in rehab. What is resilience? Is there a rehab for this? Ivan, could you say more about plasticity of the neurologic system? So plasticity means that the brain has the ability of, of, through the life, continue to make new brain connections, new synapses between neurons. So literally, we rewire our brain as time goes by. And we do that by different stimuli. So rehab stimulate a specific kind of movement, and that will help pick up new function. But also in the cognitive areas, we can we do that. So if you're having language issue, a lang- language problem, stimulating the language will create new synapses and will help the language get better. 
Okay, thank you. We're going to run out of time. Um, Dr. Ivan Matos and Dr. Tappan Thacker, stroke specialist from Hennepin Healthcare. Um, we will look for you at the state fair. I hope you can come out or at least listen at our new time of 7 a.m. That starts next week at the Minnesota State Fair. Healthy Matters presented by Hennepin Healthcare. Once again, Dr. Hilden and Denny Long from the fair next Sunday morning between 7 and 8, right here on News Talk, A3O-WCCO. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.